Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we all call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can ever guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. We have tonight a super guest, and I am so excited. We have with us Dr. Sam Osmanovich. I've probably mispronounced his name, but I'm going to call him Dr. Sam anyhow. He's uh, he's an author, a researcher, a businessman, but more important than all of that, and he's written tons of books. He discovered an ancient pyramid complex in Bosnia consisting to date of 11 artificial structures, along with underground passageways and all sorts of amazing uh, manifestational things that, that, that were, are going to blow your mind. He's also established a nonprofit, non governmental archaeological park, bought the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation to pursue the excavation and geoarchaeological work that is going on there. In spite of not being exactly encouraged to do all the work that he's been doing, he has persevered and he has changed the way I look at pyramids dramatically, and it will never be the same. All of us, when we were in school, we, we learned about the Giza Plateau and the Great Pyramid, and we learned about King Tut's tomb, and we thought we had it all tied up in a nice little knot. Well, he's untied that knot, and he has absolutely blown all the, all the stuff that we knew that we understood, you know, to blue blazes. He has brought not only scientific information out of the Bosnian pyramids, but metaphysical, spiritual, energetic insights that that will change your mind forever. And, you know, on top of all that, the Bosnian pyramid is the biggest pyramid in the world. So so it's it's a structure that that brings magic and mystery back into our realities and and he has done it scientifically so that there so that he can't be you know pointed at as a as a person who is just into the woo-woo stuff dr sam welcome to the show hello good evening and good morning thank you for having me (laughs) thank you for getting up so very early in the morning to do this show i so appreciate it um i must say that I've read I've read your book um, Pyramids Around the World and Lost Pyramids of Bosnia, and I've listened to a lot of your um, YouTube presentations. and And I have to tell you that you you seem to have have under under uncovered magic in the most unusual of places. How did you ever? How were you drawn to Bosnia in the first place? Because I know you were going all over the world looking at the pyramids all over the world and and to end up in Bosnia with this amazing discovery is phenomenal. Yes, uh, well, it seems that uh, everyone has the mission in their life. And in my case, it was about uncovering the Bosnian pyramids. But before that, for 30 years, an invisible hand was taking me to different places with the pyramids, you know, from China to Egypt, 
Mexico, Guatemala, Peru, Bolivia, Honduras, El Salvador, Belize, Canary Islands, Island of Mauritius, and I've learned that almost everything they teach us about the ancient history is wrong. The origin of man, civilizations, and pyramids. For pyramids, they've been telling us for 200 years that they were built in Egypt and Mexico, and that's wrong. They are built all over the planet. And secondly, for Egyptian, they are saying they were tombs for pharaohs. However, but a single Egyptian pyramid has a mummy. Great Pyramid of Egypt, no mummies. Khafre Pyramid, Mycenaean Pyramid, Djoser, Sneferu. So, in those pyramids, no hieroglyphic symbols, no writings, no paintings, no real furniture, no mummies, no organic material, not a single proof who, when, how, and why. So, you realize that there is no science be behind their claims. And, uh, of course, Egyptian pyramids were built much, much before than what they are saying 4,500 years ago. They were built 12,000 plus years mm -hmm. ago. They were not tombs. So we had to really uh, figure out what was the real purpose of Egyptian pyramids, but also the oldest Mexican pyramids, the oldest Peruvian, or the oldest Chinese pyramids. So once I've seen it all, then, in the spring of 2005, I first came to little Bosnian town of Visoko. I was born in former Yugoslavia, and Bosnia was part of it. But I've never gone to this little town. I went to the, see the local museum. But then, I saw what people called a natural hill. It had four sides, triangular faces, corners, same slope from bottom to the top, those four sides meet at apex. I took compass, and compass showed me that uh, those sides perfectly match cardinal points, east, west, north, and south. And even though it was covered by solid vegetation, I immediately knew that it was an artificial structure covered by soil after thousands of years. And then it was 2005, I established non-profit foundations for archaeological digging, and in 2006 we started digging. We started removing the soil, approximately three to four feet, and what we discovered was amazing: rectangular and square and square blocks. We've analyzed them in seven institutes for materials in Europe. They all confirmed the same thing: it was an artificial concrete material of the best quality. And some people call it geopolymer concrete, some people call it synthetic concrete. When they were building the Great Pyramid of Egypt, they used 5 million tons blocks. In the case of Bosnia, 18 million tons of blocks. Soon we realized that this pyramid is, like you mentioned, the biggest, the largest pyramid on the planet. Instead of 450 feet, like the Great Pyramid of Egypt, this one was over 750 feet. And then we measured the orientation to the cardinal points. We know that all Chinese pyramids, and they have 250 of them in the central province of Shanxi, they are all oriented to the north, cosmic north. All old Egyptian pyramids, north, most of the Peruvian, Cahokia pyramids in the state, in the state of Illinois, north. The best orientation so far was the 
the northern side of the Great Pyramid of Egypt with the error of zero degrees and two minutes. According to the Bosnian State Institute for Geodesy, the error of the Bosnian northern side was zero degrees, zero minutes, and only 12 seconds, which is the most precise orientation on the planet. So we started digging in 2006 on the Sun Pyramid, 17 sections everywhere we were finding concrete. We started digging on the second pyramid, which we named the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon, also bigger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt. Over there we were finding terraces made from shaped sandstone. Then we realized we have a huge construction complexes. They, they, you know, when when I was looking at them, when you look at them before you've done any of the construct, you know, the digging or anything, I mean, they look like pyramids. It's it's hard to believe that people didn't, you know, connect the dots. But but it it feels to me as though they were waiting for a period in time when the time was right, when consciousness was right to accept some of the material that you are discovering and, and probably will continue to, to discover for the next decades. Um, it, it just, it feels to me as though um, there, I, I call it magic. I do feel that there is magic connected to these pyramids because um Inside of them, you you have found tunnels that that you don't find in in the in the the pyramids in Egypt. Now they say that beneath the plateau there are several labyrinths, but you know I don't know that that has been accurately said, you know confirmed or not. But the the tunnels that you're finding in this beneath these pyramids and and in the land around it um, are phenomenal, and and there are. I mean, how many miles have you found so far of tunnels? You are right. It's a huge construction complex. Now, in the case of Bosnian pyramids, uh, we have so far confirmed five pyramidal structures. We call them Sun, Moon, Dragon, Mother Earth, and Love Pyramid. Three main pyramids, Sun, Moon, and Dragon, when we connect their tops on topographic map, the distance between the tops is... 1.4 miles. So we are getting equilateral triangle between the tops with the inner angles at 60 degrees. And as we know, equilateral triangle is perfect geometrical shape and as such part of the sacred geometry. Mm -hmm. Second triangle is when we connect the tops of the Love Pyramid, Temple of Mother Earth, and the entrance to the underground tunnels. The third, the biggest triangle, when we connect certain dots on, in natural landmarks, places where two rivers meet, again the river. So triangle within a triangle within a triangle, again, sacred geometry. We have sacred geometry, we have movement of the energy. Now, the next thing, under Egyptian pyramids, you mentioned there are probably tunnels. Well, we know about two levels of tunnels under the Giza pyramids. But also under Chinese pyramids, there are tunnels that lead under it. Basically, they lead to the hidden chambers. Also in Teotihuacan, in Mexico, city of Teotihuacan, the city of pyramids, they discovered the tunnels under the sun, moon, and Quetzalcoatl pyramids. So it seems that this element is common for most all these pyramids on the planet. However, 
in the case of Bosnia, this is the most extensive tunnel network ever. We're talking about dozens of miles of tunnels, passageways, intersections, chambers, underground lake. And just in September of last year, we discovered the second level of tunnels. In our case, what's interesting is that we can see at least two different civilizations there. First, who built this huge underground tunnel network over 30,000 years ago. And the second one, who came 5,000 years ago, or to be precise, 4,610 years ago, who, for some reason, filled the tunnels with the filler material pebbles, rocks, and sand. Now, of course, that's a mystery. Why would they close and seal off the tunnels? But even bigger, what was the purpose of this huge underground tunnel network and the pyramids themselves? The first year, the first few years of project from 2006 to, let's say, 2010, we spent a lot of time proving that we do have construction complex, the shape of the pyramid, concrete blocks, perfect orientation, tunnels and as a part of the complex, the sacred geometry. But then we had to move on once we proved that. Moving on in our case meant we need to find out what was the purpose of this complex. And there archaeologists could not help us, or Egyptologists, geologists, historians, museum curators. Nobody is teaching them in the schools what is the true purpose of pyramids. So. We had to go wider. We were finding experts in energy phenomena, physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers. The first team that came in 2010 from Zagreb, Croatia, they were measuring electromagnetic fields on the nearby hills, no anomalies, but then they came to the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. They detected and measured electromagnetic field of 28 kilohertz frequency in the radius of 13 feet. When they got out of this radius, no measurements. They went back in, the measurement was there. It meant that this electromagnetic field does not go left or right, but it goes up as the energy beam. Three months later, team from Belgrade, Serbia, confirmed the same readings of 28 kilohertz. Later that summer, we had experts from Finland, the sound engineer, Heike Savolainen, who confirmed the reading, and Italian anthropologist, Professor Paolo de Bertolis, who also confirmed this reading. So, when in the science, you have four independent teams who come at four different times, and they got the same results with their own equipment, it is called an international scientific verification of the phenomena. Which phenomena? This energy being going through the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, which is 28 kilohertz, which is focused, and which is continuous, because we measure it in the spring, fall, winter, and summer. So, Mother Nature does not make hills with four sides, triangular faces, perfect orientation, corners, an energy beam like this one here. You have to have an energy machine. And then we've done more measurements. We were measuring the strength of the signal on the surface, 10 feet higher, another 10 feet higher. Every time 
we were lifting this antenna, sonda. The signal was getting stronger and stronger. Now, the scientists could not believe. They said, well, this is not how our technology works. In, that, in the case <laughs> of our technology, closer to the source of the energy, the signal is stronger. But since every, everything is upside down in this little country of Bosnia, our pyramids work differently. You move away and the signal is getting stronger. So, uh, let's call our technology Hertzian technology. Let's call what we have in Bosnia on the pyramids non-Hertzian technology. In 21st century, we do not have technology based on non-Hertzian waves. However, a gentleman who was born nearly 200 miles from Bosnian pyramids was experimenting with the non-Hertzian phenomenon in his lab in Colorado Springs in 1899. And his name was Nikola Tesla. Tesla invented a transformer with which he was able to send energy signals wirelessly. Imagine, wirelessly, 1899. Uh -huh. from, one, from one end of his lab to another one, 55 feet away. And he was able to light up the light bulbs, even if they were burned. And just because, before they are going to burn down his lab, because he was becoming a threat to the conventional science, he did the last experiment. He sent an energy signal, energy beam, to the ionosphere around our planet. And uh, this energy beam deflected coming back to Colorado Springs, much stronger, non-Hertzian phenomena. And then he lit up 10,000 homes. So, for the first time in our civilizational cycle, one scientist has proven that clean energy was possible, that unlimited quantities of energy were possible, that non-Hertzian phenomenon was possible, that wireless transportation of the energy was possible, and finally, that free energy was possible. Have American corporations accepted this invention? Of course not. How will J.P. Morgan, who funded Tesla's work, sell the free energy and make money? Instead, he cut the funds for Tesla, started investing money in Edison's much more expensive technology, hydro power plants, thermal power plants, nowadays nuclear power plants, spending a lot of money for those <laughs> complexes, spending a lot of money on transformers, on cables, through which, by the way, we lose 20% of the energy, so they can sell it to us, end users for a lot of money. This is what we call the profit economy. But the day will come when we will all enjoy benefits of the free energy. And that will be the first pillar of the free society. Absolutely. And I think what was fascinating was you made recordings of the of the sound of the energy that was being emitted by the pyramid and you could actually hear the pyramid speaking which exactly yes uh, which was amazing 
What we did be, besides electromagnetic measurements, we've done a lot of other measurements. For example, the ultrasound. Now, what we can hear is called sound. And uh, we hear from 10 hertz to 20 kilohertz. This is the range. Everything above 20 kilohertz is called the ultrasound. We cannot hear it, but we can record it with the scientific instruments. An Italian team with Professor De Bertolis, on the top of the Sun Pyramid, exactly in that energy beam, measured the ultrasound of 28 kilohertz frequency. And then what he did, he converted this 28 to something that we can hear to 8 kilohertz. And then you can hear this, you know, peachy sound, which is amazing because it seems like somebody is communicating. But then when you think, if you have energy beam going up to the universe, which is getting stronger and stronger, theoretically it can go through our ionosphere, through our solar system, to another solar system reaching another planet. And then it can establish an energy bridge. And through this energy bridge, we can send ultrasound, we can send information, and the pyramid becomes very powerful communication device. Now, this is a technology that we do not have in the 21st century. Now, imagine how genius were the Bosnian pyramid builders. But then they had this technology. But now when it comes to the age of the pyramid, we know that the pyramids in Bosnia are covered by soil. Well, the Institute for Pedology analyzed samples from the Sun and the Moon pyramid, concluding that the age of the soil is between 12 and 15,000 years, meaning that the structure below is much older. And then we managed to find organic material between the layers of concrete blocks. Obviously, uh, organic material or leaves, we've discovered fossilized leaves, they got there during the construction process. We've done radiocarbon dating on a total of 17 samples of organic materials, and the age is about 30,000 years, or to be precise, 29,200 years, plus minus 400 years. So, we go back for 30,000 years. They're teaching us in schools that everything started with Sumerian five to 7,000 years ago, and then Babylon, Akkad, Assyria, ancient Egypt, ancient India. But now we need to change that because this is only the last civilizational cycle. Before this one, there was another one, which ended 12,000 you know, 12, years ago. And another one, there was a huge global catastrophe 18,000 years ago, and then 30,000 years ago, 55 and 75,000 years ago. So we simply live in the fifth cycle of humanity. So with this project in Bosnia, we are finding scientific proofs about the existence of very developed civilizations in the distant past. So this is about the age. So it means that we actually discovered not only the oldest pyramid, but the biggest energy machine on the planet that's been working for 30,000 years continuously. And no electric bill. And no electric bill because the ancients were smart. Look at our concept of energy. Everything we do is wrong. We use coal, 
as a base for dirty industry. We use oil and gas, limited resources. We use frequencies of 110 volts in the US, 220 in Europe, which is bad for us, electrical grid. Then uh, we use uh, cell phones. You put them near your ear, they burn your brain cells. We use TVs, microwaves, laptops, computers, all very, very bad for us. <clears throat> the ancients were using only natural sources of energy and the best frequencies. And guess what? In the Bosnian pyramid complex, this is exactly what we've been discovering. Besides 28 kilohertz frequency, which is very important, I will mention it later, <clears throat> we discover also 7.83 hertz. This is extremely low frequency, and in science it is called the Schumann resonance. Schumann resonance shows that everything resonates in the nature. Our planet has been resonating at 7.83 hertz for the longest time. But unfortunately, due to a lot of bad electromagnetism that we produce with our technology, which goes to the ionosphere, putting a pressure on our planet, that frequency changes. In the last 25 years, it went to 8, 10, 12, 14 hertz. And this is very bad for us, because it represents a pressure to us also. Because when we think, our brain creates brain waves. And if those brain waves do not match what we have on the planet, <clears throat> we feel that as a pressure. You know, 40 years ago, Barbara, I remember we were all much more relaxed, more smile on our faces, and they would last forever. Now, in 21st century, you wake up in the morning, you already have no time. It's always a pressure. You cannot do this, you cannot do that. It was not like that 40 years ago, because the energy field was more natural. And now, on the cellular level, we feel that something is wrong. Well, you go to the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, you're finding 7.83 hertz, meaning you are in your natural energy field. And what people say when they visit the tunnels and the pyramids is they feel like at home. And they are really at home because they are in the best, you know, resonant field. The next thing that we are discovering, the 28 kilohertz that I mentioned, Hundred years ago, in his mature age, Tesla did more experiments. He built the famous Wardenclyffe Tower in the state of New York. And again, he did only one experiment because they cut the funds for him. But with this experiment, he concluded that he had found a way to send signals to any planet, regardless of their distance, unlimited quantities of energy. So he discovered the frequency of the interplanetary communication. And guess what? What was the frequency? 28 kilohertz, exactly the same that we discovered on the top of the Sun pyramid in Bosnia. So we have frequency of interplanetary communication. Well, it's, it's interesting because are you familiar with the progression of the equinox and the cosmic equinox? Yes, of course I am. <clears throat> uh, and they have a, a sequence of 27,000 years, which sort of coincides with the age of the pyramid. And what's amazing is we are currently in that time frame again, 
where and they say that when the two occur together, which they, they were in that time frame now, that communication with other planets and other dimensions is much easier and and it's almost as though uh, a channel has been opened to these other areas of, of time and space. And it, 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 I know it's no accident. It's, I'm, I'm going to say it's like a coincidence, but it's not. It's very synchronistic that your work now is getting you to the place where you, you are connecting to the fact that there is communication to other planets and other dimensions that is now far more available to us than it ever has been before. The reason why is it easier is that uh, once our star system, the solar system, moves within our galaxy Milky Way, every 26,000 years it becomes in the same line as the center of our galaxy. So we are exposed to the direct galaxy uh, rays. And uh, in September of last year, we did another experiment. We sent a drone with the scientific instruments above the top of the Sun Pyramid in Bosnia. Now, this time, we, you know, went much higher, about 200 feet above the pyramid. And we concluded that there is an electrical field, which also goes as the energy beam above the pyramid, rather narrow, 30 feet diameter. But then it gets wider and wider, and approximately at 70 feet, it is the widest and the strongest. And then it goes back, and then narrow, wider, narrow. So it is like an elongated ellipsoid. Now, mm -hmm. this electrical field is very important because, according to electrical engineers, now this is the base for another phenomenon which is called torsion fields or the scalar waves. Now, Russians have been working on uh, scalar waves for a very long time, for five, six decades. They are important because they move much, much quicker than the speed of light. Of course, speed of light is very important because 300,000 kilometers per second or 182,000 miles per second is a huge speed. For us on the planet, it is, you know, simply enough. From here, from Bosnia to over there in the U.S., it is within one second that the light travels. But when you send the light to our sun, it takes seven and a half minutes. When you send it to Pleiades, it takes eight and a half light years. When you send to some other solar system in our galaxy, it takes hundreds of years. When you send to some other galaxies, it takes thousands and even millions of years. When you send it to the center of the universe, it takes billions of years. Now imagine that we are creators. So, we created hundreds of billions of galaxies. Each galaxy has hundreds of billions of stars. Each star, like our, our sun, has planets. Sometimes planets have moons. We have one. Saturn, Jupiter have dozens of them. So if you are creator, how do you control, how do you communicate with such a vast number of cosmic bodies? Speed of light simply won't cut it. It won't do it because it is too slow. But if you have something like scalar waves, which is 10 billion times quicker than the speed of light, you solve your problems. So, what we have now, the pyramids, we have phenomena, which is the base 
for the, all the communication in the universe. And now, a few years back, when we're thinking about this energy beam going somewhere into the space, we're thinking, well, the problem uh, with establishing communication with some other planet is that is our, the rotation of our planet. It simply moves too quick, 470 meters in one second. So, when we measure this energy electrical field above the Bosnian pyramids last fall, we realized that this energy beam is uh, oriented towards the sun because we were measuring it at noon, 2, 3 p.m. and this beam had orientation south, southwest, west. Now it made everything perfectly clear. As the sun moves, that beam moves towards the sun. Why? Because the sun is the biggest cosmic body in our solar system and it's logical that this energy beam is focused to the sun and then through the sun, like through the gate, to the center of our galaxy and from there to the center of the universe. It seems that now we have the base of the cosmic internet. So this is how the communication was going on in the universe. But now for this we will need to change our view, it's not Einstein theory no more, it's not the speed of light as the biggest sun no more, no place for the black holes, for the discontinuation in the universe. It has to be electrical universe, so the information moves smoothly. So I would say on this energy aspect, so many revolutionary and exciting things. But then I think you mentioned earlier, different aspects, spiritual aspects, scientific, archaeological, energy, but one more, it's a self-healing aspect. Oh, yes. We've realized that when people go to the tunnels in Bosnia, they feel so good. People with asthma, you know, the asthma, they get out, they don't need inhalators, the air pumps no more. People with the high blood pressure, they go inside, they come back, totally balanced, the blood pressure came to the normal. People with a high sugar in the blood, high glucose in the blood. For example, glucose, if it is from 3.5 to 6, it's normal. 6 to 11, risky group. Above 11, diabetes. We had people with 10, 11, 12, 15 getting into the tunnels. Two hours later, they come back. The sugar in the blood would drop to 5.7. They are becoming, you know, like in the normal range again. So... We wanted to find out the scientific explanations of what was happening in the tunnels. Number one, we have measured the concentration of negative ions. As the medical science knows, negative ions are very good for our health because they clear the atmosphere from dust, they raise the level of oxygen in our body, and they kill viruses and bacteria, which is the base for you know, every disease that we have. So, in your office, in my office right now, we have probably 100 negative ions per cubic centimeter. It's a low quantity. But we go to the downtowns, a little bit fresher, 400. We go to the village, 800. By the rivers, 1,500. On the top of the mountains, in the forest, 4,000. It's healthy. But in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, between 20 and 40,000. So, 10 times healthier then at the healthiest place on the planet. Somebody was building underground healing facility. The second element that we measure, the cosmic radiations. 
Now, we live on the surface of the planet, and we love it. You know, we have sun in the daytime, we have moon and the stars in the nighttime, it's very romantic, but a lot of cosmic radiations are coming our way, and some of them being harmful for our body. Our body cells know that, because for them, the, co the cosmic radiations are enemies, so they fight the enemies. You go into the Bosnian Pyramid Tunnels, 100 feet below the surface, no harmful cosmic radiations. Element number three, natural radioactivity. We walk on the surface, we are not aware that on some places this radioactivity is coming from the underground, again, attacking our bodies. Well, we use the Geiger counters in the tunnels. We found that the values of natural radioactivity are 10 times lower than the minimum allowed. So, the moment you get into the tunnels, your body does not have enemies anymore. So the body cells can start doing their job. What is their job? To start the regeneration process. To start the self-healing process. Some people are saying even rejuvenation process. So you are in a perfectly safe environment. And not only that, we know that uh, when there are a lot of underground water flows, that this energy coming from the water is actually bad energy for us. If we sleep above the underground water flow, we're going to get sick in five or ten years. And in those places in the tunnels where we had underground waters, the builders of the tunnels, they strategically, you know, laid out the big blocks. We've analyzed them, they are ceramic blocks that neutralize negative energy, transforming to positive energy. So you would not believe how beautiful and pleasant feeling is when you are into the tunnels. It's like you are crossing into another world, prehistorical world, where everything is so balanced, quiet, peaceful, and calm. Ideal place for the meditation. And we got a bunch of chambers, you know, uh, where people go, they meditate, they relax, they go out, you know, much fresher, spiritually pure. So it seems that this pyramid energy can be used for different purposes. So the first one that we mentioned, interplanetary communication, obviously very important. But the second one, when we think about our lives, what is the most important in our life is to stay healthy with prolonged life. And that's exactly what we are getting from the pyramid energy. Number three, we are finding water in some of those uh, uh, tunnels. Water is crystal clear, it's clean. We've done conventional analysis, microbiological, chemical, no viruses, no bacteria, pH is perfect. But then we've done some more, especially molecular analysis at uh, pro late Professor Masaru Emoto in Japan. We can see that the water from the pyramid tunnels forms perfect hexagonal shape. Why hexagonal? Well, perfect geometry. And then, like a crystal-like uh, structure, so we can see that this water is energetically alive. It is a happy water. It vibrates very high. It is a healing water. So the pyramid energy improves the molecular structure the water, food, the seeds grow much quicker and faster. And then we've done an experiment with the 160 people 
using uh, Russian technology to measure the aura, bioenergy field around our body. And we have concluded that in 85% of cases, the aura is getting improved, getting bigger. Of course, with the bigger aura, amongst other cases, you know, we know that it means that our immunity goes up, but also that we have a base to develop our spiritual senses. Now, when we use the term spiritual, spirituality, you know, people very often are saying, oh, spirituality, religion, religious. No, not at all. Uh, spirituality is based on developing of our spiritual senses so we can sense the world beyond the physical. So we can sense much more. So instead of hearing from 10 hertz to 20 kilohertz, we can hear much more. Eyesight range is much bigger. So we can see much more. We can exchange thoughts or telepathy. That's a spiritual sense. We can move objects with the power of our mind. That's a spiritual sense, telekinesis. We can move through very strong energy fields through space and time. Teleportation. That's a spiritual sense. We can see other people's aura. That's a spiritual sense. We can see different colors in aura. We can see this continuation in the aura. And we can add, we can transfer some of our energy, energy healing. So these are spiritual senses. And the ancients were aware that besides five physical senses, we had 30, three zero, spiritual senses. And the pyramids were ideal area to develop those spiritual senses. Megalithic sites like Stonehenge in England, Avery Hill, Stone Circles in England, Nanshok in Sweden, Karnak in France, uh, thousands of megaliths, these were ideal places to amplify existing energy sources of our planet, and with the, this higher energy, we would also amplify our aura and we could develop our spiritual senses. So I would say that those ancient places were some type of the field schools where, you know, parents could teach their kids how to develop those senses. So instead of teaching them when Napoleon was born and when he, you know, fight uh, his fights, instead you simply travel through time, develop your spiritual senses so you can see and feel for yourself. So this aspect also became very important in our project because we notice people come around those big ceramic blocks, they can feel the energies. They cannot see it, they cannot touch it, so physical senses are useless, but they can feel it. They can feel how it goes through their fingers and hands and bodies. So this is the spiritual sense that uh, I mentioned earlier. So this project is so important because it brings so many different aspects. Yeah, you, you just mentioned the uh, ceramic um, objects that, that are in, that, that are placed in these tunnels, and they're, um, they're usually placed over where there's running water underneath them. Yes. And yes. so, and and I, I in one in one place. You said that there was some sort of object inside of one of them, but it was, I mean, these are huge ceramic yes. Yes. objects, the size one, of a car. Yes, one of the biggest, uh, we call it mega ceramic block, K2. It is eight tons, 18,000 pounds. It's big, it's heavy, with a big mass. 
We used GeoRadar equipment to see if there was anything inside because it is about two foot thick. And uh, we were told by geophysicists that there was an oval object, not air, not water, not ceramic, not metal, but mineral, quartz crystal. So now when we look at the whole system, 70 feet below the ground, we have running water. It releases the energy. Energy activates the quartz crystal. It is surrounded by ceramic. Ceramic vibrates, it resonates, and it produces electromagnetic field that we can measure using our scientific instruments. What we measure there were two frequencies. First one, 28 kilohertz, that is the one that we are finding on the top of the Sun Pyramid, and the second one, 7.83 hertz, the best natural uh, resonance field on the planet. So it seems that this first frequency of 28 kilohertz, it runs through the tunnels, those energy flows through the tunnels towards the Sun Pyramid. The Sun Pyramid pulls all these frequencies up, amplifying them and sending them to the universe. So this is a huge energy complex, huge complex which was focused not only on generating energy, but very specific beneficial frequencies. And that's the genius of these builders, because they were using the material they had available, they were using location, which was very important, and they were getting very specific frequencies. Why I'm saying location? Well, the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids, in the heart of Bosnia, the Sun Pyramid is located above iron plate. Iron releases electromagnetic fields. Above, underground water flows. Water moves, releases negative ions. And there is a second running water below. In between two waters, we have electrical field. And then we have natural magnetism, and we have organ energy. So the pyramid simply amplifies those natural energy sources. Amazing. Are, are, I think I read it in some place that there are also placed over um, volcanic channels? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> this project that we've been doing in Bosnia is pioneering project for the whole world. We realize that when you talk about the pyramids, if you want to define them, you have to have certain scientific criteria. Instead of, you know, telling those bedtime stories about uh, pyramids being tombs for pharaohs, we said, no, 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 let's, let's have science involved. Let's set up 10 scientific criteria. So if something fulfills those criteria, then we can call it a pyramid. The first criteria, the geometry. It's four-sided pyramid, geometrically speaking. The second one, artificial construction material. In the case of Peru, we have adobe bricks, Guatemala, volcanic stone, Egypt, limestone and granite, Bosnia, concrete. The next one, the side orientation, orientation to the north. The next one, astronomical uh, properties, the next one, water, rivers, underground waters, the next one, sacred geometry, which I talked about. So <clears throat> we have those scientific elements, and the last one that we use is so-called volcanic lines. What is a volcanic line? If we connect tops of two volcano, then we can call that volcanic line. But if we extend this line, and at the end we have a pyramid, then we say, well, the pyramid is sitting on the volcanic line. 
we have analyzed 75 different important archaeological locations, whole world, Machu Picchu in Peru, Gobekli Tepe in eastern Turkey, Yonaguni monuments on in the Pacific Ocean, the pyramids in Bosnia, in Egypt, in Mexico, and so on. And we have concluded that they were always located on the place where several volcanic lines meet. For example, the largest pyramid in Mexico is called Cholula Pyramids. They had 16 volcanic lines leading to this pyramid. Then, for example, famous Nazca Lines. They have eight volcanic lines. The famous Machu Picchu in Peru, 15 volcanic lines. The Bosnian Pyramids, they have 26 volcanic lines. Wow. Why volcanic lines? Because what would we know what's happening underground? We have lava, we have minerals, we have iron, we have all these energy sources. So in case of Bosnian pyramids, 11 lines have two volcanoes and the Bosnian pyramid at the end. But 15 of them have three volcanoes on the line, four volcanoes, or even five volcanoes. So we realize that this element is also very important because the pyramid, what it does, it is the most powerful geometrical shape when it comes to the energies. So the bigger the pyramid, the bigger the energy machine. Wow. It, it's fascinating. And, and, you know, this is an aspect that nobody, it, it, for some reason, pyramids just were placed on a dusty file someplace and it was like, you know, yeah, they're old, they're dusty and the, the pharaohs built them and you've awakened so much deeper meaning into them that, that it's phenomenal and it, it feels as though you know everybody is going to have to relook at some of the older pyramids um, because because it it feels from what you're saying that it's really the oldest pyramids that have this kind of energy around and within them exactly right and that's my point. Through my travel, for example, I went to China, to Shanxi province. They have 20 big pyramids, 230 smaller ones. Those smaller ones are inferior, not only in size, but in material. They are built using mud bricks. And they do belong to very specific dynasties in China, from Emperor Qin forward, 2,300 years ago until 1,000 years ago. But the biggest pyramids, are over 12,000 years old, and they are built using sandstone blocks and granite blocks, superior material. In Egypt, the oldest pyramids, the Giza, Dakshur, Meidum, and other uh, Saqqara pyramids, they were built using superior limestone and granite. Those that they came later, and we know that some of them belong to certain uh, pharaohs of the 12th or 26th dynasty, they were built using mud brick. They've been teaching us about the evolution, but there is no evolution in the pyramid science. The oldest pyramids in China, Egypt, Bosnia, Mexico are the biggest and the most superior. What does that mean? It means that the knowledge has been brought. We don't have this slow evolutionary progress like they've been teaching us, but the knowledge was brought by somebody in the distant past. And after that, we can just see declination. 
So people would not understand the true purpose of pyramids. So they were just building, building them as a small, in most cases, step pyramids. But the oldest one were a very carefully made energy machine. Yeah, no, they, <clears throat> when you look at the blocks at, in Giza and some of the ones in, in Mexico and, and the Bosnian pyramids, I mean, the stones are huge and so, so meticulously crafted that, that the tools of the day, supposedly, just would not have, it, to be frank, they wouldn't have cut it. I mean, there's no way copper tools could have carved those blocks that accurately you're right uh, according to archaeologists until a couple of thousand years back the only tools we had were copper tools and you go to the national museum in egypt and they will proudly show you those uh, soft copper tools claiming that four thousand years ago this was the only tools they had besides the wooden sticks and they try to convince us that this is the only thing the hundreds of thousands Egyptian slaves needed to build such a perfect structure like the Great Pyramid of Egypt. There is no way that we can repeat Great Pyramid of Egypt today with our technology, but it seems over there we had the combination of the cut stones, limestones, and pooled, um, like some type of the concrete-like material. Professor Davidovich from France has really proven that uh, what they did there, they were using, for example, limestone as the base, and they were melting it, adding the additives to make those blocks much stronger and harder, and they pulled them at the side. Now, this method is much simpler. Instead of, like they're telling us, hundreds of thousands of slaves, you would need maybe 1,000 or 1,500 people to pull those blocks, and that's the reason why they perfectly match. I mean, you go there, you know, you can hardly see the place where they connect. And very similar thing is in Mexico, in Peru, and other places. In Bosnia, we have blocks of 40, 42 tons. The biggest one in um, Egypt is 220 tons, granite block in the Kafre pyramid. In uh -huh. Mexico, we have tens of tons. And the biggest uh, <clears throat> uh, block that's been shaped on the planet is in eastern Lebanon. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Baalbek, we have 1,250 tons, and just recently another one has been uh, discovered, 1,400 tons. I mean, until 15 years ago, our technology had a limit of 350 tons. That's what our cranes could lift. So now here we have something that is four times more massive. And somebody was moving those blocks. This is Nightlight. And if you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener supported. From the owner to the host to the producers, who we can't live without. To the staff, all are working here because we love the work and we're dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and enlighten you that isn't found anywhere else. So, Dr. Sam, 
we're talking big, huge pieces of stone here. And what what has always boggled my mind, be it Baalbek or the Giza Plateau or Machu Picchu or or Teotihuacan or Puma Punca, the the accuracy with the cutting of all of those stones is so precise. I don't understand how anybody could think that simple tools could have created the edges and the accuracy. And yet, that's what history teaches us. You are right. In uh, Bolivia, for example, they built so-called Acapena Pyramid. The pyramid uh, has been destroyed nowadays, but uh, what we can see are the granite blocks laying around. And you can clearly see that uh, the connection between them was so perfect. It was like uh, somebody was using very advanced laser tools. The surfaces so straight. Sometimes it is obvious that they use some type of the machines. Now, the German Bolivian archaeologist and mathematician, Dr. Poznanski, spent 50 years of his life investigating the pyramids over there, and he concluded that they were built 15,000 years ago. Now, the question is, who had machines, lasers, 15,000 years ago? And they teach us that until the couple of thousand years back in Bolivia, the only tools they had were the copper tools. They've been teaching us wrong. It's time after time, every place on the planet, there are so many proofs right now that these are not anomalies, but they ask the history books to be rewritten. In the case of Bosnian pyramids, I mentioned 30,000 years of age. I mean, it's not enough that you add a little paragraph at the beginning of the history book saying, oh, by the way, there were pyramids in Bosnia 30,000 years back. When you change the beginning, you have to change everything that follows. And this is why the, you know, uh, <clears throat> thousands, tens of thousands of historians, archaeologists, museum curators, they don't want to change the books. They want to change the way they teach our kids, which is wrong, because it affects their PhDs and their professorships. But, so what? Science is there, you know, to get the new scientific knowledge, to get the new facts about the history. But it is more than that. We've realized that elites are there who control the past, because with that they can control our present. And if you have a monopoly of knowledge from the distant past, then you have monopoly on everything else, on the corporate world, politics, on media, on finances. And unfortunately, last 7,000 years have been the era of the elites on one end, which is a fraction of 1%, and you have 99% of which is the great majority of the public who work one or two jobs, trying to pay their loans and mortgages, don't have a time to think about anything else. So, it is very sad. And I mentioned earlier that once we obtain the free energy, it will be the first pillar of free society. And the second pillar will be the free flow of knowledge. With those two pillars, we will have society of free women 
and three men, and that day will come. What we notice, for example, you know, on my travels in Egypt, Mexico, other places, is that there are so many secrets. For example, you go to Egypt, Giza Plateau, there is a swing, and on both sides, both ends of the swing, back and forth, you can see wooden pallets. Below the pallets, holes, Egyptians been digging there for the last two decades almost. What they've been looking for? Well, we know what. The Hall of Records or Atlantean Library. Four years ago, when I went to Egypt, I spoke to the Giza director. I asked him, what did they find so far? He answered me, I cannot tell you. It's a confidential. Well, why is it confidential? The knowledge should belong to all of us, not only to Egyptian Supreme Council of Antiquities or to the governments, to all of us. And that's the reason we said in Bosnia, we will have no secrets. So from the day one, 2006, we opened the project for professionals and non-professionals alike. <clears throat> so people have been coming from all over the world. In the last seven years only, we have had 2,450 volunteers from 62 countries and six continents from the age of seven to the age of 84. And those people have become a very powerful force. They've been uh, involved in actual discoveries. They've been uncovering the concrete blocks of the Bosnian period of the sun. They've been uncovering and discovering new tunnels. They've been finding artifacts, organic materials. They've been helping us setting up the museum. So they are part of a discovery, integral part. Five, 10, 20 years from now, they can tell, yes, I was there in the beginning. They can talk to their kids and the grandkids. And that's the way how the science should work. No secrets. So I would say never such enthusiasm in the field of archaeology like what we have in Bosnia. And you know what? People are coming from countries as far as Brazil or New Zealand or Singapore or Canada, US, all European countries. They travel at their own expense. They sleep over at their own expense. They work from nine to three, free of charge. And then they come back next year and next year. So it means that this project is so attractive and they feel they're doing something so very useful. So despite many, many obstacles that we have had, thanks to those volunteers, we've been making such a huge improvements in this project. Well, the scientists and, and the experts in the field were not exactly welcoming you when you came up with this um, discovery. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you, you hit horrendous um, conflict and, and, you know, resistance from from supposed experts in the field who didn't want you to rattle their cage and, and change history. You are exactly right. From a day one, 2005, when I started the project as the individual, you know, I've done some preliminary uh, geological work, coal drilling, archaeological trenches, some lab analysis. I wrote a book about discovery. I had a press conference. From that moment on, almost all cultural establishment, first of Bosnia and then of other countries, they started attacking me. For example, 
I went to the University of Sarajevo to their archaeologists and I offered them to collaborate on this project. They told me it's impossible to have pyramids in Bosnia, we know the terrain. I went to the National Museum to the you know, Paleolithic experts. They told me, oh, we never had pharaohs in Bosnia, therefore we cannot have pyramids. Those people, they live in the 19th century with the way they're thinking. I said, fine, you don't want to work with me. I started a foundation, non-profit, non-government foundation called Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation. And I registered it with the Ministry of Justice for Archaeological Digging and Scientific Research. And through this foundation, as the umbrella, we have had so many volunteers and experts and our employees. We've done such a huge progress on one archaeological project. And uh, I announced in 2005 that we're going to start digging in 2006, in April. In March of 2006, 23 leading Bosnian archaeologists, geologists, historians, museum curators, sent a petition to Bosnian government asking them to stop us, not to allow us to dig, even though we had all the permissions. Well, if we claim that uh, under the layers of soil, we have a structure, the only way to prove that is to dig. Especially, especially in such remote areas like Bosnian hills or mountains. Well, if we had nothing to be afraid of, what was the problem? So we started digging in April. The Bosnian prime minister came. He saw those rectangular and square blocks. He said, wow, this is man-made concrete. He saw hundreds of visitors, tourists. He said, well, this is good for Bosnian economy and the tourism. Mr. Osmanagic. Keep digging. Don't worry about the jealous scientists. <laughs> but those jealous scientists got very upset. So they wrote a letter to the president of the European Archaeological Association, Dr. Anthony Harding. And they asked his help to stop us. So Dr. Harding, starting first writing against us, and some of those articles are still on the internet, in some US and the British magazines, and then he organized a second petition, which was signed by his personal friends, leading archaeologists from France, Germany, United Kingdom, and United States of America. They were saying, no pyramids in Bosnia, we don't know what we are doing, we have no experts, we even destroy existing sites, and all of that without a single proof. They never came to the site, but they thought, you know, once we see such a big names at the positions that we're going to get scared, it did not happen. We kept digging. That second petition was rejected by Bosnian government. And so now they got upset. They sent letters to national European archaeological associations in France and Germany and Slovenia and Croatia and Poland, other countries, asking them to boycott the project and threatening archaeologists if they go to Bosnia. When they come to their respective countries, they won't be able to find a job as archaeologists. So a lot of pressure from those first days. I said, fine, I went to Egypt, I brought three experts to the Egyptian government, which, which of course Egypt is in Africa. The first one to come, Dr. Ali Baraka. 40 years of experience, geologist, archaeologist, he wrote a book about the pyramids in Egypt, was on National Geographic, very good expert. He spent 42 days working day and night, literally, 
He wrote a scientific report. He read it at the press conference in Sarajevo, June 23rd, 2006. The last sentence in his report, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is a man-made pyramid. A big boost for us, slapped in the face, you know, for the people who were opposing this project. But the same day, from the Bosnian National Museum, the letter is going to his boss, Pharaoh Dr. Zahi Havas. This, this lady from National Museum was saying, your man was there and he confirmed that pyramids exist. But it is impossible. You have to do everything possible to stop him. So, Dr. Barakat went back to Egypt. He used to work for the government. They fired him. Two days later, June 25, there was a meeting in Cairo between the Ministry of Culture, Ministry of Tourism, and his, Zahi Havasis, Supreme Council of Antiquities, with one topic on agenda, effects of the Bosnian pyramid discovery to tourism in Egypt. <laughs> now, we have to have in mind that it is the year of 2006, two years before the Great Recession of 2008. In 2006, everybody had money. Everybody was traveling. In Egypt, 15 and a half million tourists visiting Egyptian pyramids. A big business. They were leaving $20 billion to Egyptian economy. So now imagine that only 20% of the tourists who come to Egypt, and most of them are coming from Europe, UK, France, Poland, Russia. Instead, to Egypt, they come to Bosnia. 20% of $20 billion is $4 billion. So obviously, the discovery of Bosnian pyramids is not a local issue. No. It is a global, scientific, economical, and political issue. After the meeting, Dr. Zahi Havas is coming in front of reporters stating there are no pyramids in Bosnia. Those 40-ton blocks are not concrete, but natural. Dr. Ali Barakat is no expert in pyramids, and Mr. Osmanagic is hallucinating. Well, of course, at that time, he was the most influential Egyptologist in the world. He was the one who was deciding what's going to be shown on National Geographic, on History Channel, on Discovery Channel, on Science Channel, because he was advisor, you know, to their boards over there. Yeah. And he was not allowing the Bosnian Pyramid Project to be mentioned there. Fortunately, you know, when he was removed from the power a few years back, finally we got our chance on some of those problems. But still, a great opposition, because what we have in our case we have Bosnian cultural establishment against us. We have some of the Bosnian government agencies when it comes to culture or the National Monuments Preservation against us. We have some political parties against us. We have a bunch of journalists against us, geological society against us, archaeologists against us, Academy of Science against us. So what do you do when all those institutions are against you? Most of the people would stop the project. 
what do you do when European Archaeological Association is against you? Leading experts from France and Germany and the UK and the US are against you. When the most influential Egyptologists in the world is against you. When there are powerful tools like Wikipedia, National Geographic, they are all against you. 99.99% of normal people would give up. But, but, do you give up your noble goals? Do you give up your scientific ways? Do you give up your dreams? We have never given up. We even brought the government to the court. We sued them. And five years later, the court sided with us in their judgment. They said what they did to us by not issuing us a permit was illegal. So we went back to work on the pyramids. So it shows that uh, obstacles are big. You are coming with the new progressive ideas. They are against you, so many people who want to keep status quo. The bigger the ideas, the bigger the obstacles. But, but you know, in, in a way, though, with that much against you, you had to know you were right. Of course, of course you were right. And then I was telling you about all those scientific criteria. I was telling you about all your, those analyses. Mm -hmm. But... Those who are against us, they are very smart, sophisticated. What they try to do, they try to show that there are no experts in this project. Even though we have had five international scientific conferences, 120 scientists doing lab analysis and dating, and measurements, energy, concrete, and so on, they are saying, no, 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 this is a one-man project. And uh, so, you know, they want to show that this is one guy, who claim something which is absurd, and this is how they try to label you. They're saying this is pseudo-archaeology, this is pseudo-science, this is pseudo-history. And, you know, of course, Wikipedia, 90% is fine over there, but 10, the most delicate entries in Wikipedia, are fully controlled, and you cannot change them. For example, on Wikipedia, they don't even say that I'm PhD, that I'm professor at the American University here in Bosnia, they're not saying that we've held, you know, five scientific conferences. They don't mention people who were in support of the project. All they do is those from their cozy chairs in their offices in Sarajevo or Paris or London or Boston or New Orleans, they say, oh, there are no pyramids, and that's it. You cannot change that. So people should be aware that, uh, you know, media like Wikipedia, even though they claim all this, you know, people write the entries there, it's not like that. The most delicate stuff is fully controlled. So, again, we are coming to the flow of knowledge. Elites are the ones who control the information. One of the nice things about at least Freedom Slips Radio is that we can get people like you on and, and have you tell your story and get it out there to millions of people. I mean... It's, it's, it's amazing, you know, the truth does float to the surface eventually, and it does feel like you're, you're well on your way. And, and one of the things that we haven't mentioned yet that I do want to cover is that you have found um, stones with, with pictographs or symbols or not hieroglyphs, but rune-like rune 
writing on them? Yes, uh, in the tunnels, we are actually finding traces of several different civilizations. Now, have in mind that we are covering 30,000 years of the history of this uh, location. So, of course, there are people coming in and out. And uh, I mentioned the pyramids, I mentioned the tunnels, I mentioned those who filled up those tunnels. And on some of the blocks that we discover in the tunnels, we can see interesting carvings, symbolism. And it's like a combination of the geometry and letters as we know them today. Letters like M and N, R, I, P. Then we have some arrows and stuff like that. Now, the best known combination of the geometry and the letters like that in Europe are so-called runic symbols or runic writings or runes. Now, runes are very important because unlike our alphabet, Every symbol had meaning. In our case, every letter that we have, A, B, C, D, they have no meanings. You need to put several letters together to get a word. For example, H, O, M, E, home. Well, it means something then. But in the case of runes, every symbol had meaning. So they are very complex to read. And then you can look for the relationship between different symbols going left to right, right to left, up, down, and so on and so forth. So, they were very uh, different, uh, very uh, difficult to decipher. On one of the blogs that we discovered, we are finding eight symbols that match runes, that match runic symbols. And one of the decipherment came from the U.S., from the professor, and basically she told us that decipherment would go like this. Gate has been closed. We will have to stay, defend ourselves, and conquer until the cosmic gate is open again. In the meantime, we received a second decipherment. It was very similar, just it had water involved, a big water, most probably the biblical flood water and stuff like that. So now <laughs> you can see that the messages are extremely Intriguing there. Intriguing, yes. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it opens all sorts of thoughts and, and visions as to what those those tunnels and those chambers were for. Now, you've, you've excavated a lot of them. Have you actually gotten to the Pyramid of the Sun with the chambers, or are you still approaching but, it? Not yet. What happened there... In 2006, when we started the excavation, we started at the base, and also several uh, sections we started, you know, like uh, mid-size to the top, close to the top. And uh, the very people who signed the petition in Bosnia against us, when they saw that we were discovering concrete blocks, the proof that this was an artificial structure, what they did, they changed the law. And they claimed the whole pyramid to be a protected area. Not because of the pyramid, but because of a very small medieval fortress, which used to be on the top. But after the Ottomans came here 500 years ago, it's been neglected for half a millennia. So it's been basically destroyed. But they used that to claim the protected area, to protect it from us and our digging. 
So basically they prevented us to find an entrance from the surface of the pyramid. So the way we're going to get there is through those underground tunnels. Now they are rather far from the pyramid. They are 1.5 miles away from the pyramid. But so far, you know, we have cleared about 2,000 yards, 6,000 feet. So we are getting closer and closer to the pyramid every day. It will take some more time because all the tunnels have been uh, closed, have been filled with the material. And it's been 10 years already. It will take maybe another 10 or even 20 years. But in science, it's not so important, you know, uh, exact time when you're going to get to destination. Sometimes we really enjoy the journey. Because when now I'm going back, if all the tunnels were open, we would just go directly under the pyramid, find the chambers over there. But then we would never research all, all these other phenomena like molecular structure of the water, the effects of the pyramid energy, those ceramic blocks, the very complex system that they made. So I think there is a reason for everything, including that. Oh, and absolutely. The, and and you did mention in, in your book, I think, that you did move one of the ceramic structures yes. and, and created yes. a slight flood. Yes. Well, it seems that the location of every block so carefully planned and executed. And uh, in 2010, we had a, a group of our volunteers and, you know, they were moving with the wheelbarrows. And then in one of the turns, there was this block. And what they did, in order not to damage it, they moved for about six, seven feet. The next morning, when they came to that section of the tunnels, it was flooded completely. So it seems that this is all one big organism and you do something to it then obviously you uh, affect the whole system so after that we said no more moving from the original places everything had to stay you know where it is originally found so we learn stuff you know along our way and uh, also one of the interesting thing one of the frequencies that we measure is the ultrasound of 28 kilohertz which I mentioned why is that frequency important? Uh, an American, Ralph Ring, a researcher, he was experimenting with the frequencies of the ultrasound, 21 kilohertz, 22, 23. When he came to 28, he discovered that ping pong balls go to the air. It levitates at this frequency. And that's the reason why people feel so light when they come to the tunnels. 60, 70, 80 years old. They simply move so quick through the tunnels. They are like the birds. They fly through the tunnels. So the ancients knew about the secrets of frequencies, secrets of energy. It was amazing what we learned along the way. Um, it, it, somebody in, in the chat room has asked a question. Uh, yes. Does the Bosnian pyramid have cuneiform-like language related to it? Well, no, uh, the symbols that we discovered, the rune symbol, right now that's it, but I do not think that uh, those symbols belong to the original builders. And I would say, uh, you know, very often archaeologists claim that uh, the highest form of the communication is writing. I disagree with that, because if I write the paragraph and give it to six different persons, I'm going to get six different meanings. 
based on those people's social background, educational background, and so on. Meaning that the, the written communication is not a perfect form of the communication. The most perfect form of the communication is through the telepathy. If you can exchange the thoughts, it means that you can understand each other 100%. I don't think that people who are building Bosnian pyramids or Egyptian pyramids or all these pyramids in Mexico or Machu Picchu and so on, that they are communicating through writing because we don't find any writings regarding Egyptian pyramids building or Bosnian. We don't find tons and tons of plants and because you would need to have tons of plants you know, for such a huge structures. Uh -huh. I think that they would communicate telepathically and they would make a plan, design, and then they would simply execute it. Not the way that our archaeologists are thinking hundreds of thousands of slaves, but they were able to shape, transport, and lift material using their other spiritual senses, like telekinesis. Like telekinesis. Yeah. And probably they were using different frequencies, you know, vibrational techniques. You know, they would pull things, you know, out of the earth, then they would sliding it. So our problem is that we are programmed to think that there is only one way to solve, for example, communication or transport from point A to point B. Well, it's wrong. There are different ways. Our problem is, for example, when we talk about the lifting uh, of the big masses, the way we do it is actually the most primitive way. We need to produce bigger power to fight the gravitational force. If you have 1,000 tons, you have to you know, make such a big crane to move 1,000 tons. Well, the ancients were smarter. They were probably finding the way simply to neutralize gravitational force. And then you, once you do that, you can move it with the, you know, one of your fingers. The same thing like, you know, Adelaide Scullin was doing in Florida, building his coral castle. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, there is a way to do that. The, uh, the person in the chat room asked if you know of the work of Mario Lingo? No, not really. Was it okay. him? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm just the messenger here. Okay, but I'd like to see, Yeah, go ahead. I, 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 I would like to also kind of visit one point. You know, if you, if you want to disable a, a radio or a cell phone or a car, you take out a piece that is crucial for its operation and you and you absolutely disable it and it's useless and many of the pyramids if not all but i'm just going to say many because i'm not positive are without their capstones is it possible that the capstone was what really focused the energy and made it more available or more useful or or made the connection that it was supposed to make all right. The major Egyptian pyramids have no capstones. The same thing in China, the same thing in Bosnia. Now, the pyramids are uh, very delicate energy machines. If you remove one or two parts, it does not function 
like before anymore. It is like a, a watch. You have 1,000 little parts. If you remove two of them, you know, some of the wheels will, you know, continue turning, but the watch will not show the right time. So exactly happened with the pyramids. I would say builders or some of the civilizations who were using them afterwards simply remove the capstones which they used probably for the calibration, focusing energy beams and so on. So without them, the pyramids are useless. They cannot be used for the same purposes anymore. And that's important to try to figure out how they did it, how this huge energy complex was working, what was, you know, what was it based for, things like that. Well, certainly the healing aspect is, is profound. If, if nothing else, to, to find a place, an atmosphere, and a, a place where people can heal is, is so invaluable and precious for all of humanity. And, and to be then able to replicate that energy scientifically um, in a place, you know, where, where it could be a benefit to more people. Um, it just, the, the, uh, the gentleman that, that, that used that, not Tesla, but the other one you mentioned, wasn't his energy used to heal cancer patients? Yes. Uh, what we are even noticing in the case of Bosnian pyramids is not, uh, you know, stuff like blood pressure or the glucose and but even the cancer patients, we had the lady coming from southern Bosnia uh, back in May of 2016. She had the cancer of lower abdomen and the doctors gave up on her. So she was searching on internet. She found about the tunnels and pyramids in, uh, in Visoko. So she came there and uh, she went to the tunnels. She came back and she could notice that her left, left leg was like it was like three times bigger so much liquid so much water in the left leg she went back home after three days once she released all this uh, you know liquids in the water she had no pain anymore she came back next time she could not breathe normally and after second visit she started breathing normally the third time she came she was all of course, problems with the appetite, you know, once you are uh, in that stage of cancer, you know, you don't think about the food or appetite. Well, after yeah. that visit, the appetite was back. The fourth time I met her, I came, you know, in front of the tunnels and, uh, you know, I'm greeting the people over there. And some lady is coming, she wanted to kiss my hand. I said, hey, what are you doing? You don't need to kiss my hand. What is it? Well, I'm so-and-so, this is my fourth time. And so she basically described what was happening and she said, until now, I had no desire for life anymore. But after the fourth visit, you know, this desire is back, enthusiasm is back, and she had a smile on her face. So, obviously, the most powerful healing is the self-healing. When the cells themselves start the healing process. And when you have such an ideal environment, when you are exposed to the pyramid energies, when you are in such protective environment, the self-healing process starts. So that's very important. And I'm aware that after this, with the self-healing, with the pyramids, the pharmaceutical industry will not like us. No. When we started 10, 12 years ago, we had the cultural establishment against us. But now, pharmaceutical industry, 
The next thing, imagine you have the free energy concept. Oil and gas lobby will not like us. And then we have potential interplanetary communication. The intelligence agencies, NASA and the others, will not like us. So it's a thing after thing. So, you know, obviously we've been upsetting uh, so many different industries. But then, so what? This is, the well, this is the knowledge that belongs to all of us. But, but it's time. I mean, for for hundreds of years, we've been teaching children lies. And yes. and now with information like this out there, and, and you have this, you, you were wise enough to do, to get all of the scientific facts, all of the scientific tests from different, you know, universities and different laboratories and different countries, so that so that there's really no way to dispute what you have. You're right, and then uh, it's not only us anymore. For example, our colleague Dr. Danny Hillman, geophysicist in Indonesia, he discovered the pyramid, which is 330 feet high, in the jungle in the Western Java. He ran radiocarbon uh, dating tests. 29,000, exactly like the Bosnian pyramids. Plus, there are some very important documents discovered. One of them in Egypt, it is called Turin King List. One of the Egyptian pharaohs asked his people to make him a list of the pharaohs. And they have the list. And the lists, you have three periods. The first is the periods of God. The second one is the period of the semi-gods. The third one is of the sons of gods. Well, the sons of gods are known Egyptian pharaohs in the last 5,000 years, starting with the first Egyptian dynasty that united Lower and Upper Egypt. But then the second and the third one, they go back for 36,000 years. So it's not, you know, 5,000, it's 36,000 years. And some of the Egyptian pharaohs, they would rule the country for 1,000 years each. But then there is even more important document. It is called Sumerian King List. Now that one, again, shows three periods. Gods who, ascend, who descended from the sky to earth. And they came to the earth 271,000 years ago. So 271,000 years. So now this is the timeline that we really work with. It's not five, six thousand. It is 270,000. And those gods, as this uh, document called them, they would rule Sumerian areas between 28,000 and 36,000 years each. So they have 30,000, you know, in average. And they were ruling it until 30,000 years ago. And then, of course, we know in geology there was a huge global catastrophe. After that, lesser gods or semi-gods came and they were ruling about 1,000 years each. It matches what we have in Egypt. It matches what we have in Bible and stuff like that until 6,000 years ago when we have sons of gods in Sumer again. So we can see that we need to expand our horizon. What they've been telling us about the ancient history is so wrong. But once we go back, we will realize first that we are not the only advanced civilization on the face of the planet, that we had some mothers and we can still 
learn from them. And then also some of those societies were not based on fear, like the one we have today. Everything in all our aspects, university, science, culture, corporate world, media, everything is based on fear. You know, people are afraid what they're going to say, what their presidents, directors, directors will say, you know, journalists, edit. Well, we need to change that. We need to become free people again. If we want to do that, we need to develop our spiritual senses. Once we do that, then we can have balance between spiritual and physical. Right now, we are 99% materialistic beings. We are you know, after the money, after the bigger house, after the fancier car. Wrong. We need to find a nice balance and we need to go back and live in harmony with the nature. We need to show the respect for the nature. One, one more thing, Barbara. Last year, I purchased a big piece of land near the tunnels in Bosnia and said, what we did, it was a neglected a wetland. So we drained the water, we got the beautiful forest right now, beautiful park, and we started building some stone installations. For example, stone circles, you know, using elements of sacred geometry. We made three circles. This is the odd number, odd numbers, up, uh, sacred geometry, three, five, seven, and so on. We built the third circle bigger than the second one for 1.618 times. This is golden mean, golden ratio. Golden ratio, like number pi, 3.14, are the elements of sacred geometry. You have sacred geometry, you amplify the energy. We build it over the underground water flow, we put quartz crystal below the stones, and now, before you enter this stone circle, we measure the aura. We have, you know, seven aura fields there between 15 and 25 feet before entering. After coming back, it grows up to 300 feet. So what we made is aura field amplifier. This is what we call it. So if we use the same elements like the ancients, then we can get very similar, if not the same results. So, in this park, we have stone circles, we have megaliths, we have explanation for everything. We even have, on one place in the forest, we trimmed all the trees, they, are, they look beautiful, people come. And then we teach, especially children, hey guys, look at your hands, get them, you know, close together. Can you feel the energy between them? Yes. Well, this is what we call aura. Now, go, go to the closest tree, and then you put your hands close to the tree. Can you feel the aura of the tree? And the kids, yes, they can feel it. And then we tell them, now close your eyes and ask the tree to give you some of his energy. And for a few minutes, there is a transfer of the energy. And then we tell, we tell the kids, and now hug the tree and show him your love. So what we do, we teach them to show the love to the forest, to the nature. So now with this park, we expanded, you know, we started as the archaeological project, interdisciplinary scientific project, energy aspects, spiritual aspects, self-healing aspects, but now it is about the nature, the power of the underground energies, and the stone, and art, and organic food. It's about the concept of living. So this is what we try to teach everyone who come and visit us. It's an amazing beginning.
Yeah. There is certainly and, no doubt to that. Yeah, and we are there to change the world. If we wait that elites who's been ruling us, dominating and manipulating us for thousands of years will do something for us, will benefit us, we are wrong. They will not. But we need to change ourselves. Once we do that, once we become free people, then we're going to change people around us. And then we're going to change the world. Because then we think, what is the purpose of our life? It is not about accumulating the wealth, you know, technological gadgets, homes. It is about being happy, living fulfilled life, living, you know, happy life, living in love and harmony. And we are coming to that. Just recently, I was on Caribbean. There was a, a culture when uh, Christopher Columbus came there called Taino culture. And he's writing about them. He's saying they are not technologically advanced, but these people, they are smiling, they are laughing, they are having fun, they are happy, they have no crime, they have no killings. And this is the, the, the product of our lives. This is what it should be. It was 1492. The next year, his second trip, 1493, he asked gold from them, he asked, you know, certain material things from them. If they wouldn't do it, they would cut their hands, they destroy that society. And this is us, Europeans, Americans. It's not about that. It's not about the ruling. It's not about the manipulation. It's not about the material wealth. It's about being happy. Well, that's true. And and that's a concept that that unfortunately society has kind of taken away from most of us. Um, Happily, happily, a lot of us, you know, can retire and can 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 move and change our lives, and and seek out that happiness, seek out that joy. It it me it makes for a much longer life. It makes for a healthier life. It makes for um, a greater sense of oneness with all of creation. And and so opening up people's minds and hearts the way you're doing you know, can only multiply. I mean, you can't stop something like this. You can't stop it out and you can't destroy it. It's, it's, it's time possibly has come and slowly, probably, it will, it will grow and it will finally have the kind of momentum that you'll be able to really, really see the changes all over the world. Yes, it will. Even though we are still minority, but when we go to the past, we can see that the big changes were not brought by majority. It was always minority. So as long as uh, we have a very powerful and strong minority, they are going to do the change. And this is what's coming. And what's fabulous is you welcome volunteers. You welcome people with absolutely no experience at all, just willing hands. And they become a part of something that is so much bigger. Yes. And, you know, they are so happy that they found like-minded people. They exchange the knowledge and information. They come back and they're back. And uh, uh, maybe it's a good chance to, to mention our uh, website where they can apply as volunteers. Our website is www.bosnianpyramid.org. Bosnianpyramid.org. And uh, we offer several programs, but for those who <clears throat> are coming for the first time, 
We have a program called uh, Expeditions on Bosnian Pyramids with Volunteering. It's 11 days long. So if, for example, they are coming from the U.S., the ticket from U.S. to Bosnia is about $1,000. And for 11 days, where we provide everything, accommodation in nice hotels, three meals per day, local transportation, you know, all the tools, archaeologists, guides, tickets and stuff like that. It's about six, $650. So it is, you know, I would say not, not very expensive, you know, comparing to some other travel packages, but they have experience of their life. So our volunteering program is every year, June, July, August and September. People can choose uh, when to come. It's 11 days. They can stay even longer. They can stay shorter. It is up to them. And then the second year they come, they can, uh, you know, get uh, accommodation for themselves. They simply show up at our locations from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. We provide the lunch. And we have a lot of fun, you know, along the way. So it's a very serious project. But again, it is the way how the project should run. With open-minded people, people ready to share, and with a smile on their faces. What a what a wonderful gift. I mean, I know people that, you know, make all sorts of trips in, in their vacation time, but this this seems like it's a gift not only not only you know, subliminally, but but it is it's it's a gift to your heart and to your spirit to to be in that kind of an atmosphere where you can really feel the the I mean going into these these passages in these chambers is almost like going back to the womb and it enables yeah. you to, to 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 I would imagine to experience unconditional love. Exactly. And you know our volunteers they work in tunnels from nine to three. After three o'clock they go back to the tunnels. They find a place, relax, meditate. Those places and tunnels, they don't have internet signal. They don't have <laughs> cell phone signals. They don't have electrical grid. They don't have sounds. So you are right. It's like you are back into the mother's womb. And then you can completely relax. You cannot find places like that on the planet no more. But over there, you completely relax. And then, yes, then the travels can start. And the astral projections can start. Teach people meditation, they teach from each other, and they have excellent experiences. So they go back, they are, you know, reborn people. Wow. I, well, I can't thank you enough for getting up at four o'clock in the morning and, <laughs> and sharing, sharing your experiences with my audience because um, I've, been, I've been just absolutely chomping at the bit to, to do this show because. It felt so important that the information get out there and the truth get out there so that so that people can, you know, read your books, watch your videos, understand what's going on there. And and hopefully some of them even take advantage of, of going over there and experiencing being on site and 